the Lord every opportunity we have because the truth is we don't know how many more opportunities we may have and so we're gonna worship the Lord with all that we have tonight how many ready to go after the Lord how many ready to go after the Lord amen get on your feet together let's pray let's welcome the presence of the Most High father we're here tonight to glorify you to praise you Lord we're coming after you God, we're putting you on notice. We want you, Lord, and we won't settle for anything less. God, we must have your glory. We must have an outpouring of your presence. God, we need you tonight to pour out in this room. Lord, we love you and we exalt your glorious name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's go after God.
God. Father, let it just flow right through the sanctuary, God. Father, just help us, Lord, to just jump in, Father, with both feet. Father, fill us from the bottom of our feet to our heads, God. We thank you, God. Thank you, God. Be still, there is a healing. His love is deeper than the sea his mercy is unfailing his arms a fortress for the weak let faith arise let faith arise
still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Sing all the time. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me. Come on, press in. Press in. Press in and keep praising Him. Press in. Father, thank You. Lord, You've never failed us yet. You've never disappointed us. You've never let us down. God, You've never failed us yet. And we don't believe You're going to start now, Lord. You're faithful, Lord. From generation to generation, God. Faithful is our God. Faithful is our God. You've never failed us. You've never disappointed us, Lord. You've never let us down. You've always shown yourself strong. God, you're so worthy. You're so mighty. You're so holy. God, we bless your name. God, we praise your name. With all that we have, God, we bless you. With all that we are, God, we praise you. Holy, glorious, righteous King and Savior. Redeemer and friend. I'm so thankful that you call us friend. Oh, how we love you. Oh, how we praise you. How we praise you, Lord. How we praise you. Oh, thank the Lord. Aren't you thankful for His faithfulness tonight, church? He stands by His Word. His promises on failing and unrelenting. Thank God for His faithfulness tonight. Give our God a hand clap of praise together. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Turn and greet someone. Let them know you love them tonight. Well, glory. 
old slew foot, pimple faced, pigeon toed devil's in trouble tonight. There's a spirit of worship. There's a, 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 an opportunity for worship and entering into the word of the Lord tonight. And God's people are ready to do that, I believe. I think, I think y'all came for a purpose tonight. I think y'all came for a reason. Not just to go through the motions, but to, but to hear the word of God and to, to be in the presence of God. That's why we came, right? Why don't we take another opportunity tonight as we dig into this word and let's worship the Lord where we're at. Come on, right there where you're seated, just lift your voice and begin to praise Him. God, again, we come before You. God, again, we celebrate You. God, again, we rejoice in Your presence tonight. God, again, we come to to thank You. God, again, we come to, to declare Your faithful, Lord. Lord, we thank You that You never leave us, You never forsake us. We thank You, Lord, that You heal us, God. We thank You that You deliver. We thank You that You protect and provide. Thank You, Lord, for who You are. And God, all that You do, we love You. Mighty Savior, we love you, mighty God. Hallelujah. And glory be unto his name. Come on and praise him with your hand clap of honor tonight. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. How many are thankful tonight for the church? I made a lot of statements this morning about the church, and I'm probably going to repeat a lot of those statements tonight about the church. But, but, but the fact of the matter is the church is more than brick and mortar. How many believe that? The, the, the church is more than padded pews and, and nice carpet to walk on. The, the, the church is the big church. It's the big umbrella. It's, it's the kingdom of heaven. It's what Jesus created. I, I thank God tonight for the church. How many believe that tonight? This morning I used a scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18, where Jesus declared, He said, I will build my church upon this rock, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How many understand the church that Jesus built is one established upon a firm foundation, not on shifting sand? And the fact I I stated this morning, I'm going to say it again tonight, this ain't your church, this ain't my church, this ain't our church, this is His church. And if we look at it in any other shape, form, or fashion, I don't care how long you've been going here, if you're the newest adherent, or if you've been here since your mama uh, brought you in her tummy, it does make no difference whatsoever. It's still the Lord's church. How many believe that tonight? The truth is the world that we live in today has a lot of different ideas and a lot of different takes on what church should be. There's a lot of different types of churches in our world today, right? In our world today, we've got white churches and black churches. In our world today, we've got Indian churches and cowboy churches. In our church, in our world today, we've got quiet churches. And we got loud churches. In our world today, we got big churches and little churches. We've got churches that happen in big giant cathedrals, and we got churches that happen in people's houses. And I even know about churches that happen in people's barns someplace. There's churches that, are, that are, have walls that are filled with pipe organs and a, and a big choir and they all sing with one voice. And, and then you've got churches with one old boy sitting on a stool with an acoustic guitar leading people in worship. We've got Pentecostal churches, Baptist churches, Methodist churches, Church of Christ churches, Church of God of Prophecy, Assembly of God, non-denominational, just to name a few of the different varieties and takes on church that are happening today. 
Every one of them had their own idea. They had their own belief system. They catered to a select demographic. They catered to a select group of people. But how many understand tonight when the trumpet sounds and this old earth loses its gravity and we stand in the presence of Almighty God, there's only going to be one church. And it's not going to be established because of the color of our skin or whether you go to a biker church or a cowboy church or a black church or a white church or a big church or a little church. It's only the church that Jesus built. It's going to be the only church. Jesus was and still is the builder of the church. The church that Jesus built was a church that was born there in the book of Acts. It was a church that began on the day of Pentecost. It was a church that was birthed by fire. It's a church that's filled with power. It's a church that reached the lost. It's a church that healed the sick. It was a church that helped the hurting. Listen, we're a continuation of that church. Those things ought to be going on here today. All that we know and understand about being the church that God has called us to be. The example and the standard that was set. The example and the standard that I believe we need to follow was set by the early days church. We're a continuation of that church. And we need to continue to flow and go forward as that early days church. One of the things we discover when you begin to read and you study about that first day's church is that they like going to church. Are you here? They like going to church. How do you know that, Pastor? Because people tried to keep them from going to church, but they went to church anyhow. Listen, uh, in, in the world we're living in today, it don't take much to keep people home from church. I got one little lady that's here tonight that said, You know, Pastor, I'm so glad that time changed so I can see to drive. After it's not dark anymore, I get to come to Sunday night church. She's looking forward to being in church tonight. Listen, I think we ought to be encouraged. I think we ought to look forward to going to church. How many believe that? Nobody forced the early days church. In fact, when they tried to stop them from going, they went anyway. I believe in the year 2022 that God still desires for His people to enjoy going to church. I also believe that we'll enjoy church a whole lot more when we get something out of going. I think you ought to enjoy going to church, and I think you ought to get more when you go there. Things I want to share with you tonight about getting more out of going to church. Find your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 10. That's that scripture. That's that text. Come on. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's talk about getting more out of going to church. If I get teaching, I get preaching at the same time, just hang on with me. We'll get back to jumping and shouting in a little bit. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, where the Lord says this, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. In other words, think about your brothers and sisters. In order to stir up love and good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, God, that your word is unfailing and unchanging. Thank you for the truth we find therein. And thank you, Lord God, for the encouragement we find for the Latter-day Church. God, have your way in this meeting tonight and leave nothing undone, I pray. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Come on, give him one more hand clap, please, together tonight. Thank you, Lord. 
I'm grateful tonight for the church. I'm grateful tonight for the church. The church is my family. The, The church is my bride. I know that the church is the bride of Christ. I get that. But you have to understand the relationship between a pastor and a church is as close to the relationship between a husband and a wife as you possibly can comprehend. I I serve the church as if she's my wife. I serve the church as if she's my bride. I give my heart and my life and my body for this church. Thank God for the church. But hear your pastor tonight, that thankfulness should be more than just the pastor of the church or the staff of the church or or the missionaries that function from the church. It ought to be the everyday uh, believer. It ought to be every born-again Christian who says, thank God for the church. Thank God for a place of safety. Thank God for a place of support. Thank God for a place of encouragement. Thank God for a place of refuge from the storms of life. Thank God for the church tonight. The church is not the institution of some man, it's the institution of God. And the major source of most church problems today come whenever man or a group of people decide they're going to be in control instead of allowing God to be in control. Listen, I believe that there's only one opinion that matters. And it's not your opinion, and it's not my opinion, but it's His opinion that's priority. The truth is the... When a church has problems, when a church has conflicts, and, and, and even when they're underlined, and even when they're, when they're backbiting, little murmuring problems, uh, it, it can be felt by everybody who walks through the door. Have you ever walked into a church building before and went, whoa, something going on in there? Have you ever walked into a room before and all of a sudden everybody got quiet and you knew they were talking about you? Sometimes that can be the way it feels walking into a church house. Sometimes you walk into a church and you just sense automatically there's problems, there's issues that are going on. There's some fungus among us and and it's not a good fungus, it's a nasty fungus. And for the believer and the non-believer alike, it can bring us to a place of dreading to even walk in the door of the church, man. Why would I want to go down there with all the problems? Why would I want to fellowship with all the conflict? Why would I want to be a part of all the junk that's going on? Listen, I don't want to be around it at all. And what ends up happening is people don't go whatsoever because there's so much junk that happens within the church. Thank you all for shouting me out the back wall. For a lot of people, church has been reduced to some task that they carry out. For some people, church has been reduced to this this obligation, this job, this this routine, this duty that I must do. Here, it's on my checklist. I went to church. Check, it's off my list. I'm clear and good for the week. I don't have to do that again until next week. Can I tell you today, that's never the way God intended for it to be. God doesn't want us to dread going to church because of the fungus among us. And God doesn't want it to be a check mark on a list that we get rid of. God wants us to look forward to going to church. God wants you to be excited. I get to go to church today. I get to go. Isn't that what the psalmist said in Psalms 122 verse 1? He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We ought to be glad when it's our day to go to the house of the Lord. I've told you from the time that God called me to be your pastor, I think going to church ought to be the the highlight of your week. I think going to church ought to be a whole lot more like going to an amusement park than going to a funeral home. I want to get on and ride. How about you? 
I want to have fun when I'm in God's house. I want the energy. I want the excitement. I want it to be something I look forward to doing, not something that I dread. I believe that too many times part of the reason people stop being excited about church is, is the fact that they feel like they, uh, they, they man, I, I'm just really not getting anything out of this anymore. Maybe at one time they were excited. Maybe at one time they liked hearing the Word of God. Maybe at one time they entered into worship or enjoyed spending time with other believers. But, but for some reason, whatever that may have been, they've grown cold, they've grown complacent, and they only go to church now out of obligation. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, folk. Can I tell you tonight that the Word of God hasn't changed and the God that we worship hasn't changed and so something else has had to change. Something you've heard your pastor say on many occasions is this. You get out of whatever, something, whatever you're willing to put into it. If you're willing to work hard, guess what? You're going to get a good paycheck. If you're willing to get out and work in the garden and plow the soil and plant the seed, guess what? You're going to get a, a harvest for your labor. In fact, the word of the Lord says in the book of Mark chapter 4 verse 24, uh, Take heed what you hear, for the same measure with which you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Can I tell you the same principle comes true when it comes to going to God's house. If you want to get more out of going to God's house, you need to begin to put more into going to God's house. If we want more out of something, we need to put more into it. Well, bless God, I'm so glad. I'm glad, Pastor, you're preaching it for them people back there. I'm preaching it for you, Pastor. And I'm preaching it for you with just a son. You can either get a hold of it and let the Holy Spirit use it, or you can ignore it and walk out the door the same way you walked in. Friend, you get out of something, what you're willing to put into it. So how do we get more out of going to church? Well, the first thing I see is this. You better be prepared before you get there. Look at verse 24 with me. Verse 24 in the Word of the Lord says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. How many believe tonight God responds to a prepared people? God responds to somebody who's ready. God responds to somebody who's prepared. We're taught in the Word of God that Jesus Christ is returning at an hour we do not know. Therefore, we need to be perpetually prepared. We need to be ready all the time. How many understand that? Matthew 24 and 44, Jesus said, Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Jesus Himself says, be prepared for you don't know when the trumpet's going to sound, right? Be prepared because you don't know when the rapture of the church is going to take place. Be prepared for you don't know the last breath you're going to breathe on planet earth. Be prepared. In the natural, we spend an awful lot of time being prepared. We, we prepare ourselves continually. Anybody go grocery shopping any time? None of you people. Bless God. You, you should be a whole lot more skinny if you don't go shopping. This young fellow sitting back here towards the, the middle of the sanctuary, I, I bet he does an awful lot of shopping and preparing that restaurant to have food to be able to serve to every customer that walks in the door. He's been spending time preparing for a, another grand opening that's going to take place down the road here pretty quick. And I know there's a lot of preparation that goes on and getting ready for things that we do in life. 
We prepare by buying canned goods. We prepare by buying meat and putting it in the freezer. We prepare by having a spare tire under the car. We prepare by making sure we've got a pair of jumper cables and some tools if we should so need them. We make preparations all the time in the natural. How many understand that? Can I tell you tonight as your pastor, the same principle applies when it comes to going to church. You need to be prepared before you ever walk in the doors of the church. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, the word of the Lord says, let us consider one another. How many understand that if we're considering one another or being considerate of one another, we'll be prepared before we ever get here and we won't have to have somebody whip us into a lather before we're ever ready for the ministry of the word of God. The truth is, Sunday service actually starts on Saturday night. Y'all may not like my preaching tonight, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Sunday church service begins on the Saturday before. What are you talking about, Pastor? Especially this weekend. You set your clocks forward at 8 o'clock, so you're used to, you go to bed at 10 o'clock, which is actually 9 o'clock, and you're ready. When you walk in the door on Sunday morning, you're not going, oh. Brother Bobby, he must have went back to the nursery to be with Amanda. Brother Bobby was telling me about a church that, that he went to when he was a kid. I can't remember the denomination. I don't know what it was. But he was talking about uh, they, in the old church, in the, the, the old, old time of the church, uh, they would have men who would stand at the front of the church with these long poles with feathers on them. And if somebody nodded off during church service, they'd walk down the aisle and they'd take that pole and they'd tickle their nose so it'd wake them up. I told him that was a really good idea, but I was more in favor of a cattle prod than a nose tickler. <laughs> Whoosh! I got a wallpaper. Hallelujah. Glory. It'd be like the day the squirrel went berserk, right? You hit somebody that cattle prod, they'd be up and going and shouting and praising God. We need to be ready when we walk in the door and not so tired that we can't keep our eyes open when church is going on. Starts with planning. Uh, Again, this is teachy preaching tonight, so please just, please allow your pastor to have liberty. We need to plan the night before Sunday morning. For example, you need to know what you're going to wear on Saturday night before Sunday morning rolls around. This is teachy-preachy. Please allow me. Here's the truth. More fights and more bad moods and more... I'm just not even going today. Comes to pass because you've laid out 14 different outfits on the bed. Some days we'll come home after church and there'll be like all this side of the bed's covered with an outfit and all this side of the bed's covered with an outfit and I'll look at her and I'll go... Do you have clothes on today? Because most everything you own is laid out on the bed. You need to make sure that that you've got a pair of uh, of pants to wear. You need to make sure that your shirt is pressed. You need to make sure that that you've got stuff that the kids are going to wear. You need to make sure the night before, come on, this is simple nuts and bolts Christianity. But we get past that somewhere and we get so caught up in the world we forget these basic things. Be prepared the night before. Lay your clothes out. Be ready. Already have in your mind where you're going to go eat after church. Don't wait until you get in the pickup truck. Come on, I'm using us as illustrations tonight. 
Don't wait and you get in the pickup truck and look across the cab and go, where are we eating? I don't care. I'm glad that people named that diner that next door because we eat over there a lot now. I don't care. Great. That's close. Let's just go eat over there. Make up your mind where you're going to go eat. If you're going to cook, have it ready. Have it laid out. Have it ready to prepare so that you don't have to fuss and fight. Because here's what happens. You're in the midst of worship. You're in the midst of listening to the Word of God. And you're focused on, man, what are we going to eat today? Are we going to go to, we're going to, go to Interurban? Thank you. Yeah, that was the one. Are we going to go to Interurban? Are we going to go to the new hamburger place that's fixing to open down the road? Have your mind made up the night before. It starts with, with prayer before you ever walk into the house of God. And listen, you need to pray a long time before you ever even walk in the house of God. I mean, if I prayed, then my heart's prepared. Oh, and that's the reason why we have prayer time before service. Maybe you didn't have time before you left. Come at 9 o'clock in the morning and pray with us around this sanctuary. It starts with worship before worship ever begins. Here, your pastor, you'll never have true public worship if you don't first have some private worship. I've seen a lot of people, my entire ministry, that have to get to the third song before they ever even feel like lifting their hands because it's taken all that, the first two songs, to break down the walls and the barriers before they can ever enter into worship. My sister Julie is amazing. She's an incredible worship pastor, but she's not a cheerleader. It's not her responsibility to whoop you up into a frenzy so you feel like worshiping God. Listen, I know we live in a busy world. I get it. I, I live in that same busy world you do. We're all running nonstop. We're all going, going, going continually. But if we truly desire to get more out of church when we go there, then we'll be ready before we ever even walk in the door. I get to go to church today. I'm excited. I got all my stuff together. I'm ready to go. Oh, let's go have church. And then... Before the first chord of music is ever struck, before the first song's ever sung, you're on your feet going, come on, Julie, what are you waiting on? Amen. Amen. You talk about boggle somebody's mind. She passed plumb out. A little extra effort of preparation makes a lot of difference. We get out of something what we put into it. How do we get more out of going to church? It starts by being prepared. Another way we get more out of going to church is this. You want to get more out of going, you got to be there. Look at verse 25. Verse 25 in the Word says this. Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. How many understand? We are called not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. In other words, we're called to go to church. Now, who set the standard of three days a week, Pastor? Listen, I don't know who set the standard of three days a week, but I'll tell you my personal opinion, three days a week ain't near enough. 
I have a brother in Christ that's the pastor of uh, Kyoto Assembly of God. They started in revival a Sunday ago and God began to move and God began to stir and they've had church on Monday and they had church on Tuesday and they had church on Wednesday and they had church. It wasn't planned. It wasn't scheduled. But God got to moving and guess what? They took off and kept on a going. Shouldn't ought to have to be a formatted program to... Can't get anything out of church, we're not here. And I'll take it another step. You can't get anything out of church if you're not actually in the room. Between COVID and streamlining our services, uh, many people feel like it's, it's easier and more comfortable for me to sit on my divan and, and watch the service online. That's if they actually watch the service online. I tell you, I've been praying very seriously. And the folks in the media room are about to pass out. But I've been praying very seriously. And this may come as a revelation to the board members as well. But on a normal streamlined service, when, when we're streaming our services on Facebook, we might, if we're lucky, have five or six people watching the service while it's going on. I wonder, I've questioned, I've asked the Lord to give me the answer. I wonder if we stop streaming our services online, if those five or six people would actually come on and actually have their self-righteous indignation sitting in a pew. I wonder if it'd make a difference. Because if our audience right now watching online is only five or six people, then why are we doing all that we're doing? COVID killed the church. COVID has tried to kill the church. COVID has crippled the church. It's hurt people. There were people who were a part of our church family, serious and serving God, new converts that were beginning to attend God's house who stopped going altogether. And they're still using the excuse of COVID. In my ministry and all... I've heard all sorts of excuses from people about why they don't go to church anymore. One of my favorites is this. Well, I just don't get anything out of it anymore. I just don't get anything out of going to church anymore. So I'm just going to, you know, I can have church right here at home. I can watch it on the television set or I I can get it on the computer. I just don't get anything out of going down there to that church anymore. The truth is, most of the time, these were the people who only attended church once a week anyway. And they were big old diaper pacified wearing Christians. Go ahead and get real with us, Pastor. Tell us what you really think. Many times it may have been people who were here physically. They may have had their self-righteous indignation in a pew. But mentally... They were a million miles away. When you're going to go there, when you're going to be here, be here. Be in the room. Be a part. Be alert. Be awake. Be aware of what's going on. Be sensitive to the spiritual warfare that's going on around the room. Be sensitive to the needs of your brothers and sisters in Christ that are here. If you're going to be there, then be there. truth I believe and I've seen it over and over and over and over and over again. One of the first signs of somebody who's slipping in their relationship with the Lord is irregular church attendance. 
When they don't care about being in God's house, when they don't care about being in the altar, when they don't care about serving one another with love, when they don't care about hearing the Word of God, when they don't care about entering into worship, it's a sign and an indicator that their relationship with the Lord is beginning to slip. You can't tell me that you're as close to the Lord at home by yourself as you would be if you were fellowshipping with men and women of God around you. If we really love Him, we want to be in His house. And we want to be around His people. We don't go to church for the preacher. We don't go to church for the associate preacher. We don't go to church for the youth pastor. We don't go to church for the music. We don't go to church for the, for the padded pews, the air conditioning, the carpet, or the, the amazing coffee that they serve out front. We go to church for God. We go to church to interact with Him. How many know we get a whole lot more out of church if we'll simply show up physically and emotionally and mentally? The fact is there's a lot of opportunities to show up in God's house. There's a lot of opportunities to fellowship together. There's a lot of opportunities to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We have Sunday school, we've got prayer meetings, we've got worship service, we've got worship practice, we've got Christmas plays, we've got women's ministry, we've got men's ministry, we've got special spring and fall outreaches, we've got youth ministries, we've got senior adult ministries, we've got young adult ministries, we've got dinner outings, we've got youth outings, we've got children's outings, we've got adult outings, and that's just the name of the few of the things that we have to offer in ministry at Long Grove Assembly of God. Now you tell me that there's not some place that you can get plugged in and be involved in what's going on and participate in what's happening. I'll never understand how somebody could say, I didn't get anything out of church when they didn't even get involved with what was going on at the church. Most importantly, I believe we ought to want to be there because He's here. In Matthew 18 and 20, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. How many know He's here every time we come together? He's here every time we walk in the door. He said we're two or three. We normally have at least two or three of us here. Generally, it's at least Vaughn and I that's going to come to church. Back when we were doing them streaming services online, and it was COVID, and we had to shut the church down. God, help us. we got to close the doors. Can't let people in there. You know, we've learned a lot about COVID in the last two years, ain't we? During that season, we would live stream them services and I'd preach behind this pulpit and there wouldn't be nobody else in this room but that lady right there. We talked about getting some teddy bears or or something to... I had my amen corner. There was two of us that was gathered, and I promise you the presence of the Lord was here. The presence of the Lord was here. And and so if he's here, why wouldn't I want to be there? Why wouldn't I want to show up on a Wednesday night? Why wouldn't I want to show up on a Sunday night? If the Lord's there, I'm going for him anyway. I love you, and we need to fellowship together, but the main reason I come is for him. Can't get anything out of church if you're not there either physically or emotionally or mentally. So how do we get more out of church? Well, <laughs> we got to get ready. we got to be prepared. And then when we get there, we need to get in. 
We need to get in. Look at verse 25 one more time. Verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Thank the Lord. How many understand if we're going to be here, we might as well go ahead and jump in with both feet. If you're going to be here, you might as well get involved in one of them things we listed off as far as ministry opportunities. Many times people get this feeling of not getting anything out of church simply because they never got involved in what was going on at the church. Boy, I don't get anything out of those youth services. They just, they just don't do anything for me. Well, have you ever gone down there and worked concession stand? Because if you ever did, you'd see that we've got the most incredible students on planet Earth. I just don't get anything out of children's ministries. I don't even know why this church has a children's ministry. Well, have you ever gone down there and taken the time to be in service while, while Jonathan and Courtney were ministering to our kids? I believe if you did, you'd catch a heart and a fire for them, and you'd say, you know what? I love my church. I love that, that ministry. I love what God is doing. Many times people get feelings of not getting anything out of it because they never put anything into it. I've said it before, many times people are there physically, but, but not emotionally. They're disconnected. Their mind's a million miles away. They're there to spectate and not participate. I told you a week ago, there's a lot of taters in the church. You've got agitators. He waved back at me. He knows who he is. A lot of agitators in the church, they like to, to stir the pot. And if there ain't something going on, they'll make up something going on. When I worked at Dresser Ran, man, things would be going good. We'd be working lots of overtime. And there was this one old boy at, at, at the workplace, and he was an agitator. He always wanted to keep something going on. He always wanted to keep something stirred up. And he'd walk into the shop, and he'd say, hey, I heard there's going to be a layoff. Dude, we're working 60 hours a week. You mean there's going to be a layoff? And by the end of the day, morale would go and crash. A lot of agitators in the church as well. Oh, they like to keep something stirred. They like to keep something going on. And as I said before, if there ain't really nothing going on, they'll make up something that's going on. A lot of speculators in the church as well. There's agitators and there's speculators. What's a speculator, Pastor? It's somebody who likes to sit back and watch. I'm not going to participate or I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit back and judge what everybody else is doing. Thank you all for shouting me down. Oh, did I get real again tonight? I mean, that's two Sunday nights in a row. I'm going to sit back and watch what everybody else does. And then I'm going to tell you how they've done it wrong. I ain't never done nothing in my life. I've never done ministry. I've never sang a song. I've never played a piano. But I'm going to tell you every sour note that Dennis hits on the piano. And I'm going to tell you every dumb thing that the preacher had to say. I'm going to tell you every mistake he made in his doctrinal teachings. Listen, get a job, friend. Step out into ministry. Do something for the kingdom. And then you can judge what somebody else does for the kingdom. Father God. 
I've never been somebody who likes to sit back and watch somebody else do something. I don't care if it's playing sports or working a job. If we were working on, I used to get in so much trouble with the guys I'd work with because they'd be doing something and they wouldn't do it fast enough for me. And I'd say, give me the ratchet. Just get out of my way. Let me do it myself. And I'd tear a bunch of junk up. But bless God, I at least was the one doing the work. Playing sports. It didn't matter if we were playing mumbly pegs or if we were playing football or if we were playing baseball or if we were playing wiffle ball or if we were playing frisbee. I don't care what we were playing. I want to play. I don't want to sit on the bench and watch you play. I want to be involved. And when it comes to the work of the ministry for God, friend, I'm not one to sit back and watch somebody else do it. You've watched your pastor set as other pastors have preached from behind this pulpit and I'm squirming like a bug in hot ashes the whole time. Not because they're not anointed, not because they're not good, not because they're not preaching the word of the Lord, but because I want to be involved. I want to do it. I don't want to watch. See, that's my ideology when it comes to the church. I don't think people ought to want to just sit back and watch. I think you ought to want to get involved in what's going on. I'll never forget a Wednesday night in Muskogee, Oklahoma. We'd had service in the sanctuary. We had good church in the sanctuary. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but uh, it it was a good service. We always had great Wednesday night services. The Lord had moved, and uh, by the time we got done, most of the adults had left, but uh, but my worship pastor, Brother Terry, and Sister Vonda, and myself, and uh, there was a few of us that were still hanging out and visiting, and, and we looked and we said, Where's all the youth? See, we didn't have a detached building there. The youth service took place back in our fellowship hall on a Wednesday night. Where's all the youth? How come the youth haven't been dismissed yet? What's going on down in the youth group? The doors were still shut. So we started walking that way, and the closer we got, you could just hear a roar. A roar of students in there worshiping God. A roar of students in there in the presence and the glory of Almighty God. And I looked at Vonda and I looked at Terry and I said, I don't know about you, but I'm going in there. Man, it ought to be that way here. It ought to be that way here. You don't want to sit back and watch what somebody else does. You you shouldn't ought to want to just sit back and be an observer. You ought to want to get in the middle of what's going on. Church is not a spectator sport, guys. We don't just sit back and watch. We participate. How do we get involved? You get involved when you sing along with the songs. You get involved when... Wait, let's try this together. Bless the Lord. There's about half of you that are involved. We're on the verge of revival, dude. You get involved when you go to the altar and pray. How long since you've been to the altar, friend? You get involved when you pray by yourself and you pray for other people. You get involved when you look and you listen and you say amen. Amen Amen doesn't mean, uh, let's give the preacher a raise. Amen just means I agree with the word of God that was said. That's all it means. We get involved when we read along with the scriptures that are before us. 
We get involved when we take notes. See, the Word talks about our involvement. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, it says we're supposed to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts. It says we're supposed to talk to one another. Let me encourage you. Let me build you up. Man, you look nice tonight. Have you lost weight? I mean, don't lie to somebody, but encourage them. Speaking to one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. That means we sing. You may not know every word to every song that's on the screen behind you, but that's the reason the words are on the screen behind you. Oh, I, I just, if they'd go back to some of them good old... You know what? We need that. And, and if you weren't in service this morning, you missed it. Because Julie started with some barn burners this morning of uh, some good old songs. We need that every once in a while. You're absolutely right. But if we're so particular about the style of music, we ought to get over ourselves and say, Lord, I'll worship you to whatever comes before me. Involvement. Colossians 3 and 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Again, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In other words, get in the word and let the word get in you. And then teach. Teaching and admonishing one another. Teaching and admonishing. I don't know where we got away from the older ladies teaching the younger ladies. And the older men teaching the younger men. Us old fuggy-duggies like your pastor look at some of these young yahoos and think, where's the world going to? What's possibly wrong with the world with this younger generation? When was the last time we got involved to teach one of them? When was the last time we took one of the young ladies aside, ladies, and said, Sweetheart, let me tell you, um, if, if you wear a shirt that's real cut down low like this, when you go to the altar to pray, the little boys are saying glory, hallelujah, for a different reason. It's got to go outside of our own house. My girls didn't leave our house. If it didn't pass the camp test. What's the camp test? Camp test means you put your arms down to your sides and if your skirt or your shorts weren't longer than the tips of your finger, you don't go outside of our house with those kind of a shorts or that kind of a skirt on. Teaching and admonishing one another. What about us older guys? What, what are we as men supposed to teach the younger men? Young man? Yes, I know that's your sister, but any other young lady in your youth group is your sister first and foremost. You don't look at her with lust in your eyes. You don't look at her with desire in your heart. You look at her as your sister in Christ. That's our responsibility, men, to teach the younger men. I want you to find the love of your life in youth group, but if you're not focused on Jesus first... Amen. Baby girl. I'm going to pound one more and I'm going to shut up, okay? 
we get involved when we sit down front. I know that's a hard one. Pastor, I've been sitting, it's got the groove wore out. This, this pew knows exactly. Somebody's done a lot of mechanicing work in it, Brother Hubert. Right? I'll call Brother Hubert sometimes and I'll say, Brother Hubert, what's going on today? And he'll say, oh, Pastor, I've just been doing mechanic work all day long. I said, what have you been working on? Well, I've been putting a rear end in a recliner all day. That's so good. That's so good. I figure if anybody's earned the mechanic work, it's probably Brother Hubert. Don't you think it would really confuse a lot of people if they walked in the door and they went to sit down where they normally sit down and you're sitting in their pew already? Mess their mind up. I know a lot of people are afraid of getting spit on for sitting in the first couple of pews. I've seen that pastor down front, and when he gets excited, I mean, there's spit and slobber and sweat just flying every place. And it's anointed, friend. If it gets on, you just count it as glory and just go on and give God praise for it. Get involved by sitting towards the front of the church. And why do you say that, Pastor? I don't know of anybody, anytime, anywhere that's ever gone to a football game, whether you were rooting for the crimson and cream or you were rooting for the orange and black, I don't care if you were rooting for Dallas or you were going to the OKC Thunder, whatever participation you had in a sporting event, you didn't say, hey, can you put me just as far up in the nosebleed section? Can I have them seats up there? No! You want to be on the 50-yard line? So you can yell at the players. Coach, yeah. You want to sit down front so you can coach. I'm meddling. We go to these sporting events and we jump and we shout and we holler and we we act a fool. Even when we're in our living room at home. You know, I'd like to tell you that Vonda acts one way in church and she acts a different way when she's watching OU play football, but she's exactly the same woman. As radical as she is here, she jumps up and down, she stomps her foot, she screams at the television set, and I'm thinking, Lord goodness, I'm going outside. (laughs) And when they play one another, when OU and OSU play one another, I I have to put earplugs in my ears just not to hear her and end up murdering her in her sleep. (laughs) No, I... I root for your team, except when they play my team. (laughs) We go to those football games. We go to those. It doesn't matter if it's high school or if it's college or if it's professional. We root and we cheer and we shout and we get involved and we're excited. Well, I paid to be there. That's different than coming here. Well, I hope to the good Lord you pay your tithes to come here too. 
right? And so if we're... Julie, come on, sister. Come on, sis. I've meddled enough for one night. People will go to church if they get something out of it. And, and your friends and your family members, your loved ones, might actually come to church. Number one, if you invited them. But number two, if they knew, man, mom and dad get something out of that. Granddad and grandma get something out of that. It's changed their lives. They look forward to that. That's the highlight of their week. Man, maybe I should have the same kind of anticipation and excitement and highlight as mom and dad or granddad and grandma or aunt and uncle or friend. Anything worth doing is worth doing. Ain't that right, Brother Don? Will you raise that way? Anything worth doing is worth doing with everything you've got. Some of the worst spankings I ever got in my life. Wasn't over grades. It was over baseball. Some of the worst whoopings I ever got in my life was because my daddy didn't think I gave my all out there on that field. I'd get home, I'd make some bonehead play, I'd do something dumb. And I'd go down for a grounder and it'd jump over my head. Or I told you the story about going down for that grounder on second base that one time and it hit a... a clawed of dirt and jumped up over the top of my glove and hit me right in the nose and flattened my nose across my face and blood went everywhere and I was laying on the ground and tears were running down my eyes and dad come out there and he said rub some dirt on it you'll be okay alright so I rubbed some dirt on it and quit crying and went sit on the bench for about three plays and got up and went back out there It may not be your theology and it may not be the way you live your life, friend. But that little short man instilled in me, Gary, if you're going to do it, you give your all when you're doing it. You do it to the very best of your abilities. You give everything you've got. You leave it all out there on the field. When you're done, you can say you played your best game. Guys, that's my philosophy about church. That's my philosophy about ministry. I'm going to leave it all on the field. And even if, I'm, if, even if I'm a parishioner sitting on a pew one day, when I go to God's house, I'm going to give it all that I've got. And I'm not going to leave anything on the pew. God deserves my very best right now. He deserves all I've got right now. And if I want to get more out of going to church, I've got to put more into going to church. Stand with me tonight, please. Precious Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to minister your word. Thank you so much for the, for the truth and the relevance of your word. It's unfailing, it's unchanging, it's unrelenting, it's unending. Your word is almighty and all-powerful. Your word is absolute. God, I declare tonight we've got to have a passion and a hunger for more. God, I want more than just going through the motions. God, I want more than just another coming in and going back out. God, we want more. Well, God, I believe more is 
dependent upon us. Lord, you've poured all out. God, you've given your all. Now all is dependent upon us. To the degree that we hunger and thirst is the degree that you'll fill us. If we only want a little bit, you're only going to give us a little bit. You're only going to quench our desire. God, I pray our desire grow. God, I pray our desire increase. God, may it be made manifest within everyone in this room tonight. Lord, let us have more. I ask it in Christ's name. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. If you're in this room tonight and you need Jesus as your Savior, the most important question that you can ever answer or respond to is the Jesus question. Do you know Him as Savior? Do you know Him as Lord? Have you accepted Him into your heart? This is your opportunity. This is your time. If you need Jesus tonight, right now is your moment. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand. I don't want to embarrass you or make you uncomfortable. I just want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Little buddy, I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Can I ask every adult in this room, every son and daughter of God, no matter your age, can I ask you a question tonight? Do you want to get more out of going to church? I mean, isn't there more to be had? I believe there is. Every time there's more. Every time there's more. Every time we can grow. Every time we can receive. <laughs> Begins by being prepared. Lord, prepare in me my heart. Get, get my mind ready. Get my heart open. May my worship be prepared before I ever walk in the door of the church. God, prepare me. And then let me show up. Not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. When I'm in the room, God, let me be present in the room. God, when I'm there, let me be there. God, when I'm there, let me get involved. Not just watch, not just passively sit back and wait. But God, let me get involved. Man, if that's your heart cry tonight, I invite you all around this room to come and to find a place to pray. Come on. Get out of your comfort zone. And let's press in and let's go after God. If you want more, come on, let's, let's spend some time together in prayer. God bless you as you seek the Lord.
by the world a fire that burns inside of us that cannot be quenched but Lord a, a hunger for more Lord we hunger for more but Lord we want to be involved in the pursuit of more as well Lord walk with these people this week God I pray guard over them keep them safe I pray bless them and use them for the glory and the honor of your namesake and of your kingdom Thank you, God, for who you are. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you. Have a great week.